This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The following podcast contains explicit language. It is the early morning of July 27th, 2016, after the second night of the Democratic National Convention. It's the gist. This is an AM spiel, the DNC quick and dirty dissection. Americans vote for president unlike they vote for any other office. They want to elect the politician, the ideology, the temperament, sure. But what they really want to do is take the measure of the, well, up until now, the man. With Congress, voters might say, he's a scoundrel, but he's my scoundrel. With mayor, they might say, I'm just looking for someone to deliver a specific service. The trains, clear the streets, deal with blizzards. But with presidents, Americans elect the person. And this is why tonight was designed to present Hillary Clinton as a person. A cabbage-eschewing, Vaclav Havel-embracing person. We went to Prague, where I showed her the city of my birth and made her eat Czech cabbage. She didn't like it very much. We met with Václav Havel, whom she did like very much, because he made so many dreams of freedom come true. Beyond the luminaries like Madeleine Albright, who you heard, last night you had mothers of slain black men and women talking about how Hillary heard them. There was a video of Hillary giving these mothers advice in a meeting. There were words from 9-11 victims and rescuers who praised her role as a senator after 9-11. This means at times that policy details were light, but they weren't non-existent. Howard Dean listed government programs like S-CHIP and Medicare that Mike Pence voted against while in Congress, and Dean ended his speech with, This race is going to be won on the ground, and it's going to be won in Colorado, and in Iowa, and North Carolina, and Michigan, and Florida, and Pennsylvania, and then we're going to the White House which gave rise to the reasonable speculation that all the Democrats would henceforth be reprising their greatest hits. There'd be Joe Biden quoting Neil Kinnock. Featured speaker Meryl Streep would be haranguing an assistant over a cerulean sweater. Bill Clinton would take the stage and proudly proclaim once more that he did not have sex with that woman. Well, Bill Clinton didn't say that, but he did unearth something equally as shocking from his past. The truth is, we rarely disagreed on parenting, although she did believe that I had gone a little over the top when I took a couple of days off with Chelsea to watch all six police academy movies back to back. This was a fascinating admission. And you could see how these films so clearly influenced much of the Clinton legacy. There was his signature piece of legislation, the 1994 crime bill. It put 100,000 officers on the street. So clear now, the plot of the primogenitor of the Estimable series, which has a bunch of ragtag recruits being allowed into the police academy, regardless of mental capacity, physical condition, or ability to make hilarious squishing sounds with one's mouth. 
In Police Academy 2, their first assignment, gang leader Zed clearly frightened Clinton. He embodied the contemporaneous criminologist phrase, super predators. By the way, Zed was played by Bobcat Goldthwait, who readily apologizes for his role. But not Bill Clinton. He loved all the police academies, from the first two to Police Academy 3, Back in Training, Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol, Police Academy 5, Assignment Miami Beach, Police Academy 6, City Under Siege, Police Academy 7, Pivot to Asia, Police Academy 8, The Pardon of Mark Rich. Okay, I made the last two up. The police academies are clearly part of who Clinton is, how he conducted domestic policy, Quite apparently in his younger days, he saw himself as the rakish horndog Mahoney, but as Steve Gutenberg matured into the position of eminence grease and parlayed that status into such roles as P.S. Your Cat is Dead, so too did Bill Clinton see himself as a maturing actor on the world stage. And with that in mind, Bill held forth a tale, a winding tale of love, of spurned marriage proposal, of eagerly engaged social causes, and a family life with Hillary. And he contrasted the what he called the cartoon version of Hillary put forth by the Republicans with the woman he called the real one. The real one repeatedly knew praise from prominent Republicans when she was a senator and secretary of state. But in some ways, the better character witnesses were the real people. The 9-11 victim who Hillary visited in the hospital. And a man named Ryan Moore, who has a form of dwarfism and has known Hillary for over 20 years. Every time I see Hillary, she remembers meaningful details about my life, sometimes from years earlier. When I first met her, I was seven years old and wearing a back brace. Two years later, when I saw her again, she patted my back and said, you don't have a back brace anymore. I could not believe that she remembered that. That and the fact that Moore says Hillary will always send him an encouraging note before a big operation, small details, but human ones. And maybe you could argue Hillary Clinton just has a good advance team, or these are just the things that a politician does, but Donald Trump doesn't do it. Or if he does, no one at his convention mentioned it. His daughter Tiffany said he called her after the death of a close friend, or maybe it was a relative. His friend and chief fundraiser, Tom Barack, told a story of an autograph Trump gave to a man that he knew had a sick child. There was not any presentation of children he helped, no parade of the people he saved, no listing of the folks whose lives he improved, unless those people were named Trump or worked for a company named Trump. None of this explains how Hillary will fight ISIS, though the word strength and the assertion, believe me, doesn't exactly lay that out either. There were appeals last night to Hillary's experience. There was a fleshing out of Hillary's personality. And at the end, there was a message from Hillary reminding us that we've nominated the first woman for president. That's indisputable. More tenuous, the hope that she will be begun to be seen as human. In one night, a dozen deuses full of Democrats cannot possibly transform such a familiar figure into a completely different person. Fortunately for them, they don't have to turn her into a fully realized human in the eyes of skeptical voters. They just have to show that she's in possession of more humanity than Donald Trump.
The Gist is produced by Mary Wilson. The executive producer of Slate Podcast is Steve Lichtai. And Andy Bowers is the chief content officer of the Panoply Network. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another one tomorrow. And as always, regular Gists at our regular time. <laughs>